You're listening to Beyond the Bike with Big Lou, the one-on-one series. And now a few words from our advertisers. Welcome to Sysmontane Brewing Company. We are located at 1409 East Warner Suite 6, Santa Ana, California 92705. We are open on Monday through Thursday from 3 to 9, Friday and Saturday from 12 to 9, and Sunday from 12 to 6. We have 15 beers on tap with rotating seasonal options. We also have a cask night and taco Tuesday every Tuesday from 3 to 9. And we also feature vinyl Sundays where you can come and choose your own record and we play your music for you. We'll see you soon, Santa Ana. Cheers. This is Omar, and I'm here to tell you about a couple of events that we put on. The first one is the Triple Crown Series. It's a three-race series at three different locations. The first one is on a Sunday, September 17th at Benelli Park, and that one is called the InCycle Hammer Time. Round number two is also on Sunday, October 1st at South Hills Park in Glendora. That one is called Nobby Time. And the series finale is also on a Sunday, October 29th, and that one is at Mount Sac, the Fat Tire Classic. All those three races, you got to collect points in order for you to be eligible for the overall series champ. You got to do all three races. If you win the series championship, you get yourself a free championship jersey so you can sport throughout the years. Our other event is called the Turn and Burn Six Hour Mountain Bike Marathon. That one is held on a Saturday, October 21st at Benelli Park in San Dimas. This event is a little bit different. It's a six hour marathon. You can run this solo. You can hook up with a teammate. You could run a men's team, women's team, or a co-ed. And we also have a true beginner three-person class, so you can run that as men, women, or co-ed. The idea is to turn as many laps as you can, as fast as you can, in six hours. You have to complete your last lap by 3 p.m. The race starts at 9 a.m. For more info on both of these events, you can go to www.triplecrownseries.com. If you have any questions, you can email me at 411.cec at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook. we got two pages, Triple Crown Series and also Cycle Events Company, and we post updates for pre-rides so we can show you the courses of these events. All right, you guys. Hope to see you out there. Have a good one. What's up, guys? This is Big Lou here. Welcome to a new show called Beyond the Bike Radio Show. And podcast tonight's special guest is Jared Hansen. <laughs> he is a pro downhill racer, races for InCycle and a bunch of other sponsors. Jared, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Big Lou, how's it going? Oh man, living the dream here. This is uh, our pilot episode. You know, it's not really music related, but we can, you know, we can do some some different here. Uh, we're gonna be just talking about Jared and. Um, just what it takes to be a pro mountain bike downhill racer. I'm all about it. I'm and with whatever yeah. you got to throw at me. <laughs> In the studio, we got Jake. Jake from the, snake. from the path. What's up, Jake from the path? Doing pretty well. Happy to be here, Lou. Right on, man. Thank you for coming in. And Jared's beautiful girlfriend. What's up? What's Hi your guys. name? Introduce yourself. My name is Jessica Wilson. What's up, Jessica Wilson? <laughs> she's taken. <laughs> and she's seats taken. All right, guys. So let's get down to it, man. Jared Hansen, what are you all about, man? Well, I'm Jared Hansen. I am 20 years old, and I've been racing bikes competitively for seven years and riding bikes for eight years. Okay. So. Where were you born at? I was born in Corona. Or no, I was actually born at St. Joseph Hospital here in Orange County. Oh, so you're OC. I'm OC. But you know what? Lived full-time Corona, California. All right. So I was just nice. I was just born here for fun. So you're a flat biller or what? Yeah, no, <laughs> curved <laughs> upside down. <laughs> oh man, uh, how'd you get into mountain biking, bro? Um, so I, the way I got into mountain biking was actually by my neighbor. My neighbor had just moved in. They've been here a couple months. Thought I'd go introduce myself. Started hanging out, and uh, he actually had two mountain bikes. And I live at the bottom of Skyline. For those of you that know Skyline, it's a fire road some local trails good stuff and uh ended up using one of his bikes and my 
old moto helmet and nice. full face helmet or wood oh yeah the <laughs> hjc with the chest protector and everything dude cargo shorts and a t-shirt moto boots yeah no <laughs> no i actually saw that up in miami this uh past weekend there was there was a group of guys riding in full moto gear <laughs> moto, moto boots and all really yeah. yes it was awesome nice nice so i borrowed this guy's bike his name was tim tim snook shout out thank you for getting me into this mess so uh Anyway, thanks a lot, Tim. Yeah. yeah. So we went <laughs> up for our first ride. Didn't end up crashing. You know, stayed on the bike. Had a great time. And um, I actually ended up using his bike like a few more times. Right. And he told me about Pink Bike, and he's like, "Oh, Pink Bike, it's like Facebook for mountain bikers." I'm like, "Oh, dude, let me get on this." Started looking around and bought. I was uh, looking for my first bike. Okay. And he was like, "Dude, you know what? I'll just sell you mine." It was a 2004 Big Hit, Specialized Big Hit. Was everybody clapped out or what? It was a clapper, dude. <laughs> and little did I know, he was like swapping out parts. He's like, oh, I'm going to put some different forks on it, some different suspension. Like, it's all good, but I'll still sell it to you. I'm yeah. like, okay, I don't care. It's sick. Yeah. Put some totally clapped parts on it. 400 bucks cash. Sent it. And it was the uh, it was the old big hit with the 24-inch rear wheel, nice. 26 front. Nice. So... So for people that don't understand what what clapped out is, uh, give it give us a rundown of what clapped out means. So clapped out is basically when your bike is so hammered, thrashed, worked through that like everything on the bike is loose and it's just clapping down the trail, just making all different kinds of noises, just sending it priority mail, like right. ridiculously worked and used. That's what clapped out means. Nice. Is it in the Webster's Dictionary by any chance? Um, we can look that up, yeah. but I don't, I'm not sure. Right? It should be in Wikipedia. Or uh, Ur- maybe Urban Dictionary. Urban Di- okay, yeah, it's got to be Might on be on there. So ended up buying this guy's bike, my boy Tim, and uh, rode that for a few months. And my friend Jacob here that's in the studio with us, mm-hmm. went to s- he went to school with my brother. Uh, okay. He's a year, a great, year ahead of me. So I kind of knew him throughout like elementary school and stuff, mm-hmm. and I knew that he rode mountain bikes and actually saw him and a couple of my other group of friends that I grew up riding with um, on the trails one day and decided to hook up with them, exchange numbers, and that was my group of friends. Grew up riding with them. It was Jacob, Steve, and Kyle. Nice. And soccer season actually started up like the same week I started riding. Soccer too or what, man? Oh, dude. Football, soccer, baseball, the whole nine Ooh, yards. You're like, you're like Bo Jackson. I was, dude. <laughs> but I dropped it all for mountain biking. We'll, yeah, we'll that get was in. That was. We'll get into it. Nice. We'll get into it. Well, now, so you guys are listening to uh, Beyond, the Bike, Beyond the Bike radio show, and we have Jared here on the radio. And uh, if you guys have any questions, you can send them in. Uh, go to uh, the website, Hits 101 Radio, and then go to the link, uh, contact live on air, and then fill out the information and... If you guys want to ask Jared a question, um, you know he'll pick and choose what he wants. What he wants the answer, and, and then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick and choose. You oh. send them in, I'll okay. answer them. All right, All I right. will get it going. Send them in, please. Send I'm, them. Send, just send it. Just send it. Just still gonna send it, <laughs> please. I want I want the questions. Yeah. So so you rode for a year, <clears throat> just riding around. You know, kind of getting to know, like you know shifting brakes all that other stuff and then not even what months 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 and i probably got into riding around august september january rolls around jacob kyle steve they're over here jared you need to race fontana i could barely ride the local trails i'm walking down stuff like i'm like dude this is gnarly he's like dude come on my mom's gonna take me out my dad we're gonna be out there come with us and sign up Mm -hmm. get out there signed up Beginner, 11 to 12, V-class, on a specialized big hit. Practice goes down, all right? First day of practice at Southridge. You know, it's the Saturday practice, Sunday race. Yeah. All day on practice, there was like this not even steep hill. Mm -hmm. And I was just wadding because I didn't know how to use my brakes. So (laughs) I was just too heavy on the front brake consistently throughout the hill. And Mm -hmm. there was this one section I was always flipping over the bars, flipping over the bars, flipping over the bars. Every run, not one clean run. Dang. Next morning, flipped over the bars. <laughs> Race run, come down. I said, F this, man. Took off and ran faster than the field. <laughs> Took off running down the hill. Ran faster than the other kids. Kind of like Forrest Gump moment or what? Oh, yes, dude. I just felt like running. You felt like running. <laughs> 
took <laughs> off, got to the bottom, hopped on, and rode my way to my gold gold medal. Nice. Was that just you and your class by yourself or what? Uh, actually, there was uh, one other person, okay. Jason Cleghorn Jr. So if you're out there listening, shout out to my boy. Yeah, what happened to him? Uh, you know, I don't know. Apparently, I could run faster. So, <laughs> But that was my first race, and at that point, figured out that my bike was not up to par. Mm-hmm. And bike skills, still not up to par. Still working on that. Still huh? working on that. And um, and just kept riding with my friends, getting faster on the local trails. Mm-hmm. Funny story, me getting faster was not because my friends helped me. It was because <laughs> we would ride down the trail every day after school. Jacob's mom, Wendy, shout out if you're listening. <laughs> Wendy was the homie, Okay. Every day after school, we'd come home, and she would shuttle us four times up and down the hill every day. Super dedicated mom, just awesome person. Every day, get home from school, hop on the bike, and race over to Jacob's house because you know at 3 o'clock that shuttle was leaving. (laughs) So you are... You're there or not there. Yes. You're dipping through the neighborhood, calling Jacob, saying, Jacob, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Dude, don't (laughs) leave. I'm running a little late. It was awesome. So anyway, we'd be doing runs consistently every day after school. And my friends just were like, oh, Jared's the slowest, so he goes in the back. And they would just dust me out. Yeah. And Seat's taken. Yeah. <laughs> and I was scared of mountain lions. So I thought... Terrified. Terrified. I thought mountain lions were going to eat me if I wouldn't That's keep... That's a good, good, if, good motivation, if, man. <laughs> if I wouldn't keep up with my friends. Yep. So I was, like, scared, and I got faster from not wanting to be eaten. Okay. And my friends would leave me. That's some good motivation. It was fantastic motivation. <laughs> yeah, because we, we had been riding for like two or three years prior to him oh, yeah. in our group. Okay. So we were quite a bit faster than him. And uh, he learned how to get quick pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got I got to their level really fast. But then, like, after that, I didn't, we progressed at the same because, yeah. like, I don't know. I just had to get to their level. And once I was at their level, we progressed the same because... I wasn't the slowest. Right. You don't have to be the fastest guy in the group. You just can't be the slowest. Mountain right. Lion's going to get the slowest. Right. He's exactly. going to get the weakest link. Survival of the fittest, right? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, so, man. So people don't know, uh, Southridge is a uh, it's a local mountain bike series. They call it the, the winter series. It's like, what, like six rounds yeah. in the wintertime? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get, um, you know, big big celebrities, big racers like Aaron Gwynn. Um, mm-hmm. um, who else is out there? I mean, uh, you know, I, I know, like, uh, Trek uses, like, their that as races for like testing or like prototyping stuff so yeah it's, it's a big deal it's been going on for like over 25 years donnie jackson mm-hmm. is ahead of that so they have a uh, uh, enduro saturday cross-country saturday and then for downhill racers they have it practice saturday and then you guys race on sunday yep practice saturday sunday morning for like an hour or so yeah. and then just straight into it yep yep um those courses up there are pretty you have to know what you're doing because there's so many trails that people built. It's like if you don't know where you're going, you're going to get lost. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, oh yeah. They say no middle of the mall riding right here. Right you're out in the bushes. You're out in the sticks, and you're riding over rocks. You're doing berms. You're doing jumps. It's gnarly. You can't just take the local beach cruiser out there. you got to have a mountain bike with some skill. <laughs> exactly. Or at least a good mountain bike and then some good running skills. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So... What's it like to progress from riding bikes with your buddies and then starting to, you know, be faster than Jake? Because, mm-hmm. you know, actually, I raced cross-country against Jake at Over the Hump this year. Uh, oh, and you, and you beat him, right? I'm, I'm a big guy. I mean, you know I mean, big sexy over here. Yeah. And Jake over here, he's like in... Jacob's got a lot less stud. weight to pull. <laughs> you know, he's got like the his, like basketball shorts on, like really tight. Yeah. I'm like, Jake, what are you doing, man? You know? And, you know, he started a class ahead of me, right? Yep. Oh, so, so he right. had a head start. So he had a, he, he had weighs had less. Seconds, bro. He has less weight to pull. Right. And you well, passed I, him. Well, see. So, wait. See, well, <laughs> Whoa. I know we're getting, we're getting uh, a well, sidetracked side. here from Jared, but it's a good story. Go ahead, Jake. Go ahead and tell it, man. So uh, we started off the race. I, I thought I'd take off hot and try to get an early lead. And then we got to one of the steeper hills, and it uh, – my my gas ran out pretty quick, and, and Lou Lou went by me <laughs> actually, on no. the downhill. Actually, no. yeah. yeah. We, we well, were, actually, I was right behind you, and I yes. was like, 
I was like, dude, you better move. I'm going to run you over. Like, you're like, you're like a Baja racer. You know, trains like, I'm, just, I'm just honking at him. You he know what I mean? giving like, me some, like, uh, just, some taps on the rear, wi- <laughs> rear wheel. So on that front going downhill. I got stung by a bee. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, is that going to be an excuse? Yeah, I got stung by, by two bees, actually. Oh, widow bumblebee. <laughs> oh, man. And then we, we caught up to some guy with his kid, I think. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, the bottom. Yeah, and Lou, Lou made an inside pass. And I did. I was thinking of I was going to use him as a burn, but I was like, ah, you know what? The <laughs> dad's there, the kid's there. I was like, that'd be bad. Yeah. I got the path kid on. I was like, nah, I want to do that. Oh, yeah, you <laughs> got to gotta represent. <laughs> so we get we, we do our couple laps. We're getting to the last maybe quarter mile or so. Well, no, wait. First of all, after we get to the bottom, like, Lou, Lou gets I, took, ahead. I took off, dude. I'm like, I'm gone. I'm like, I, gone. Just, I just put you know the diesel power down, and I'm Ooh. like, I'm gone, dude. Okay. Right? Yep. Yep, that's how it went. <laughs> and that was Lou it. Put the diesel down. I, I have a little four banger on the hood, so, <laughs> so <laughs> we weren't going anywhere quick. Really? So we get to the last quarter mile or so. I see Lou up in the headlights. Yep, and I turn the heat on. Ooh, he did. yes. Yeah. Well, you know what happened was there was a guy in front of me, and I was like battling him back and forth. I'm like, you know what? We'll just like. I turned around. I'm like, I don't see Jake. So I'm like, all right, cool. I got him. You know, I got yes. him. Yes, he's the only beat. person you need yeah, to beat. Yeah, I was like, I gotta beat somebody. I'm gonna beat Jake. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, all right, dude. I told the guy. He's like, hey, man, I'll just cruise right behind you. All right, no problem. And now all of a sudden, here comes Jake. I'm like, oh, dude. I, oh, okay, I gotta go. He's like, go for it. So from like where the start finish line is, like kind of right there, right? Yeah. Uh, we, you know, we kind of looped it around on the fence, and we just turned it. We were like, it was like. Oh, I was fried. Dude, I checked my heart rate monitor. It was like 199. <laughs> Through the roof. Yeah. Just redlining. I was like, but he beat me. Like, <laughs> what? Like, physically, he beat me, but I beat him on time. Yeah. So, you know, people know about off-road racing. Oh, so he passed you back. Yeah. He passed me back, but I beat him on time. That's what matters. <laughs> so your that. time was faster than Jake's yes, time. Correct. Yes, it was. Because, because he, he started first. Exactly. Start. Yeah. Wow. So, so I did beat Jake. Well, mountain biking, you're racing the clock. Right. So your time was faster than his. That's right. So yeah. you won. That's right. Really? It's official. Yeah, <laughs> but it's 101radio.com. But is, I, that, uh, is that on Facebook? It needs to be uh, Facebook official. Well, now it's online, dude. Like, everybody oh. around the world is going to be listening to this. Ooh. But, I mean, technically, I finished first. But it doesn't matter. You didn't start at the same time. <laughs> his mom even beat him. Yeah, my mom. Beat no. Oh, yeah. Dude, my oh, mom puts the hammer damn, down. Damn, man. Can't believe That's embarrassing, bro. <laughs> that is embarrassing. You need to get out of this studio. Yeah. <laughs> Cut it out. All right, back to Jared here. <laughs> All right, wh- what were we talking about? Uh, racing, bro. Racing. Let's talk about racing, man. All right. Let's, Let's get into fir- it. So that was your first race? That was my first race. Okay. That was in, um, I was actually, it was 11-12, and I was 12, turning 13, but mm-hmm. I registered as a 12-year-old. Okay. Next race, I was like, you know what? This is actually really fun. I like beating my friends, and uh, I want to start, I want to get a, uh, like, the, the annual membership. Mm-hmm. And so that, since I was turning 13, my annual membership was in the 13 to 15 beginner class. Okay. So I already moved up right there. Started racing the big kids, the f- big old 15-year-old bullies, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, just started racing. I had a blast. Um, it was really competitive between the four of us and the other racers out there. Uh-huh. And um, I don't know. That's just kind of how it all started. Well, we got a very first question here. Oh, yes. <laughs> Young Gun Blake Ray. Blake Ray. Hey, what's up, Blake? He wants to know, how was the Fox suspension on your tracer when you got it? The Fox suspension on my Tracer? Yeah. How was it when I got it? Yeah. It was dialed. Dialed? Well, okay. So the Tracer, (laughs) the Tracer or the Recluse? What were we talking about? Tracer. Tracer. I don't have a Tracer. Well. I have a Recluse. Okay. Let's let's go to the Recluse. But we're going with the Recluse. Let's let's do that. Recluse is a 140 millimeter travel bike. Okay. It comes with a 150 fork. I have a 160 because I don't mess around. I got 203 St. Brakes on that enduro bike mm-hmm. because I'm not here to play around. We're here to get business done. <laughs> so um, the Fox stuff, right off the bat, I, uh, I actually looked it up online, what the, my base settings were, mm-hmm. and I loved exactly what it was. I actually sped up the rebound one click on the fork, I think two clicks maybe, but I'm just running base settings, and it feels amazing. Yeah. Ridiculously good. Nice. So I'm just running the base settings, Blake. I recommend you go online, foxracingshocks.com, hit him up, and uh, just figure it out yourself. You know, you're a big kid. <laughs> he's a very fast kid, dude. He is very Cat fast. One, that progr- I, you know, I, he's he's been on the team for a very long time. Uh-huh. And from when he was a little kid, 
Yep. You know, I got pictures of like, man, to now, I was like, damn, dude, like, what happened to you, bro? Like, you grew up. Dang. You know, yeah. it's awesome. I rode with him a couple weeks ago before well, Mammoth. riding with him. Let's, let's keep it real, man. Well, I to ride with him. actually, <laughs> I rode with him, but <laughs> when we got to the top, and he, we were talking up the whole time. Okay. When so we got, he, he was, he was just keeping up with, you know, just kind of just, just like, wait, just <laughs> wait. We get to the top, and he was like, yeah, you know, I already did my ride earlier today, so this is just kind of like my cool down. I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, I went up all the way to the top of Skyline, did this and that. And I was like, dude, you already put in like 12 miles, 2,500 feet of climbing, mm-hmm. and then you're doing a second ride with me and just holding back? I was like, you're nuts, dude. It's nuts. That's what I was thinking in my head. Yeah. He went out uh, this year. He went out to, was it, I think, Pennsylvania, where the Nationals were at. Mm-hmm. I think he got fourth in Cat 1 among the, the fastest kids in the nation. But he did win Sea Otter. Dude. That was that was That's I, sick. I, I saw that I saw that sprint to the finish, man. He just put it on the line and just passed that kid. That is gnarly. You know, before the, the checker flag Talk, dropped. Talking about Seattle, Gwyn loses his chain in the uh, first jump section. Mm. Chainless. The whole thing, eighth place. He's used to that, isn't he? How does that make sense? Seattle is a four cross sprint track. How did he beat me with no chain and I was sprinting the whole time and he was just coasting? Flow? That doesn't make he well he was on a twenty nine er I was twenty seven five okay but still doesn't make sense That's I don't right. know how that happened one thing I've been thinking about a lot recently is uh, why I beat you <laughs> <laughs> yeah Lou I've been I've been losing sleep and it's gonna be a whole year before I before I can race you again yeah I don't know there, there's other races that are coming up man there's a there crown uh, the series in Omar you know you don't have to wait yeah exactly yeah. man let's, let's do it. No, but I've been thinking about why uh, there's so many fast kids coming from, like, Southern California. And they, they seem pretty competitive mm-hmm. on the world stage, but it doesn't seem like we have... The recognition? Not not even that. That, like, Oregon, Washington, Colorado, those places have lots more places to ride, like, right out your door. And, I mean, we have a pretty good, pretty good selection, but not compared to places like that like, I, I think maybe one of the reasons i think you know is because we can ride like almost all year all, yeah exactly that's true. you know and, and you know there's some you know a lot of soco guys like aaron gwen everybody you guys mm-hmm. you know they're used to riding loose over hard packed mm-hmm. so when you start getting into the the loam and the tacky stuff is it, it's, oh, like, it's unreal yeah exactly mm-hmm. so i think that's an advantage a lot of guys from socal is that we can ride more than anybody else around here mm-hmm and that you know, you're already the terrain. Ch- the terrain. You're already ch- you're already challenging yourself right off the bat because you're you know you gotta it's worst you gotta, case you gotta position your body differently. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's because it's so loose out here. It's blowing out sometimes. You know because everybody rides it all the time. Like yeah, yeah. Oaks. Yep. oaks, you know, it's you, nuts. Yeah, it's like all these corners are blown out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Another thing so. I noticed with like a, a lot of the fast riders coming from Southern California is because. A lot of the trails here, like the dry hard pack, like you said, is fast. Like mm. all the tr- single track stuff is really fast. And racing over like Snowshoe and Killington, the dirt is like a little more like soft because mm-hmm. it's wet. But the trails are more chunky and flat where you're like not going as fast. So the SoCal riders are used to, you know, going on yeah. average 35, 40 miles an hour yeah. where the trails over there, like you're used to going 20. Mm-hmm. So when we go over there, we're trying to push ourselves harder to get to what we're already used to because we feel like we're going slower. Yeah. Let's, let's get into Let's segue into that traveling. Like you're talking about snowshoe. Mm-hmm. Where else have you traveled with, with the race team? So I was actually looking on rootsandrain.com. It's a fantastic website that documents all your racing activities oh, that's cool. throughout your lifetime. Check it out. It's really, really cool. You just type in your name, Big Lou, and uh, it'll show all your stats. It'll show your nemesis. How does that happen, though? I mean, how uh, do they accumulate all that information? It, it's data? almost creepy. It's like, really creepy. I could type, you could type your name in, and then underneath you can type my name in. And, and compare. compare. Oh, and okay. it'll show the one race that we raced against yeah. each other where you're on top. <laughs> it'll say it'll say it'll say Jacob Villegas loses one hundred percent of the time to Big Lou. Yeah. No way. Yes. Yeah. How many eight, how many races you race together? Everything. It's a really cool what website. Is it called? Roots, Roots and, and rain. rain. Roots and rain? And then it just says type in your name. Like there's just a search bar, you type in your name and it, it shows you all these different stats. And it's uh it does like smaller races too, like yeah. the South Ridge. It does it all. It's That's really cool. A, that is a trip. It's yeah. really, really cool. And like when you click the Nemesis page, like it shows, you know, like 10 or 15 riders that you race regularly uh-huh. and like who you're beating and who you're not beating. And like 
It's really cool. Oh, okay. So anyway, I'm on Roots and Rain, and they have this section where it's like a geographical, like it's like a map. It's a world map. Okay. And there's just pinpoints everywhere, and it says venues you've raced in your life. And I've been to 13 different venues in all over the all over the world. Really? Which I was like, wow, I've done so many races over the past three years, but with 13 venues, obviously I've been going to the same ones. Mm -hmm. But I've still been traveling a lot. Okay. So, so let's talk about this year. Where have you come this year? This year we did. Um, we started the year off doing Sea Otter, all the Fontana local stuff. Mm -hmm. Hit Sea Otter and made our way up to Port Angeles, Washington, okay, for the first Pro GRT of the year. And um, didn't didn't go as planned. Okay, the race was all right. Didn't do didn't do so well, but um, had a blast. We have a uh, real sick um, VRBO Airbnb, whatever they're called. Yeah. It's right on the cliff, like on the bluffs, overlooking the like ocean that splits yeah. Vancouver Island yep. and the mainland. Really, really, really cool place. Nice. Really enjoyed that trip. Did that and then went down back home and hung out for a little bit and did Angel Fire New Mexico. Okay. Got back from that, went over to Snowshoe, West Virginia, and raced national champs there. Mm-hmm. Did stop by New York on and DC on the way up to Killington, Vermont, Killing, Killington, Vermont mm. which was uh, all these are pro GRT races. Okay, can and you can you describe what these are? These pro GRT races for our listeners out there. So pro GRT races are USA Cycling is uh, they put together a downhill series and all the downhill races put together are called the pro GRT series. So it's just a series of downhill races. Mm -hmm. All over the nation? All over the U.S., yeah. Okay. They're, it's a national level, so it's just all over the U.S. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, as far as they go. Right. But um, we how did... Many, how many races is that in total? Like, six races, seven races? Seven. Seven? Okay. Yeah. The first one uh, we did not go to was uh, Windrock, Tennessee. Okay. And uh, that one was before um, Port Angeles. Okay. So, didn't hit that one, but we hit... Like I said, Port Angeles, Angel Fire, New Mexico was good. We had a good time. I think I ended like 20th or something. Not bad. Kind of uh, where I've been all year for me. Trying to do as best I could, but I've been struggling a lot with uh, the mental side of things as far as racing goes. The mental game, it's been hard for me because I've been what some people call like a natural rider mm -hmm. where I just hop on the bike and things come to me. And, um, like, I don't have to think what I'm doing. So I just go out and practice, ride my bike, have a good time, throwing down heaters with the boys, you know, having a blast. Mm -hmm. Race run comes around, and I start thinking, and I'm like, oh, dude, I got to go fast. And then, like, first corner, I'm like, how do I corner? Like, I'm actually thinking about it, and, like, I don't know. I've been I've been struggling with that a lot okay. recently. So so you're not necessarily like you've you kind of plateaued. That's not what's going on here. Is no, it? you have to get over that hurdle. Definitely, definitely okay. not a plateau and just a hurdle for sure. Okay. So just things I've been. It's going to make you stronger later on, man. Exactly. So it's just something that's in front of me right now, and it's just a hurdle that I have to get over to obviously get to the next one. Mm -hmm. So been um, yeah did did all right in. Uh, Angel Fire. Then we split over to Snowshoe for National Champs, and that was a gnarly race. It was so muddy and so greasy. The way it's good in the really dry weather, mm -hmm. and when it rains, it's good during the rain, but when it dries up, the dirt like collects together and turns mushy and like peanut buttery, and oh, it gets boy. like really sticky. <laughs> so in the rain, like it just washes off the rocks, and it's okay. But when it dries up, like a day or two after it dries, which is out. which is exactly what happened, it was just riding on loose ball bearings, dude. It was mm -hmm. nuts. And there was a rock section in the course where they actually had to uh, make a go-around because 75% of the pros, which was not me, okay. were crashing. 75% <laughs> of the people were crashing going down through this rock garden, so they actually moved the course to go okay. around a little safer route. Nice. So let, 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 let me ask you a question. What what kind of training is involved to get to that level of the elite pro racer? Because I mean, you, you just can't be like a weekend warrior and go like, oh, I'm gonna go no. know, travel around the country and you know try to beat these top guys. You know, mm -mm. 
drinking beers or whatever. Or Definitely not. Eating pizza, whatever, right? I mean, yeah. what's wrong with pizza? Because, you know, pizza's good, you know? Pizza's delicious. <laughs> I eat it regularly. So, but... Um, but what does it take? Like, break it down. You know, like, you're training, like, preseason. Well, preseason, off-season. Off-season. In the off-season, hitting a lot of gym work, doing a lot of gym stuff. Um, as far as, like, training... Yeah, I do. I do like a, for me what I feel mm-hmm. I should do, and what I've talked with my trainer and stuff is in the off season. I do like bulking up where I get like a good muscle like base. Yeah, and when I get toward like more towards towards season season, the pro GRTs start in April. When Southridge starts in January, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Not weird, but it's okay for SoCal, but the rest of the nation is still in snow. Whatever. Wherever the other like mountains said, are. That, that kind of goes back to the advantage of guys from SoCal. You exactly. Know, we're, we're, you know, our racing season starts January. And, and it stops right when everything else begins. Right. So it gives us that, like, that's kind of like preseason right. racing for us. Right. Because, yeah, it's racing, but the big races are right when these local races end. But it kind of gets you, like, mentally home oh, yeah. and, like, focused on oh, yeah. what you're, you know. It gets you, you yeah, on, it gets you, you know. in the zone right. and, you know, you're... A lot of the SoCal dudes travel to all the national level races, mm-hmm. so it kind of gets you. You can get a vision of like where you are in the field. You know, if you race the Fontana races and you're off the back, then you're like, oh, okay, I need to step my game up. I need to train harder. I need to do something different mm-hmm. because I'm obviously off the back. So I need to make it count for when those big races come around of, the corner. Kind of a gauge, like where where you're at, like in the off season, like did yeah. I. Did, did I, I train do? hard enough? Did I not write? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Did I just put on too much weight where I'm like, now I'm off the back now? Instead yeah. Of, you know, kind of being towards the front. Yeah. So. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's okay. Well, so, I mean, it's, 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 it's a good, good gauge. That, oh, know, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely 100%. But um, so I bulk up and I get like a good strong base. That's where I like to develop most of my strength is during like the off season. And I don't want to say that when I get into season or like right before season, I tone it out. But I go towards more like a cardio phase okay. where I don't do heavy weight so much like every day during the week or, you know, five out of the seven days of the week. I do it more like one or two days during the week. I also seen you, you know, on your road bike. I do. Yeah, that I that's to uh, cardio. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Really, really important. Everyone thinks downhill is just, oh, you just get on the bike and you're racing down. Well, you don't need endurance. You're right. fine. Wrong. No. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. Think again because it is gnarly. Yep. It is a full, like, mm, courses on average are about four minutes long, three and a half, four minutes, some of them five. So we'll go with average four, four-minute sprint. You're not just coasting down the hill. You're leaving it all out there, and it's a sprint. Mm-hmm. So you have to be physically ready to, one, handle a 40-pound bike down the hill over rocks, over roots. You have to... You're basically pedaling out of almost every corner, and it's really physical, I think. Mm-hmm. It's more of a sprint. It's like doing the 100-meter dash versus, you know, the two-mile race in the Olympics. Right. You don't think – if you're going to say, oh, those 100-mile, 100-meter racers, they don't train. It's just – it's only 100 meters. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> so it's definitely physical. We, we need a wrong button. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. Just – I love it. So but, let, let's talk about your bike, dude. What are you, what are you on right now, man? I am currently racing an extra large 2017 John Deere Green Intense M16. A big green tractor. I love it, dude. <laughs> I'm all about it. And I have a Cannondale Synapse size 58. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my road bike that I use for training. And yeah. I also have an Intense Recluse that we talked about a little bit earlier. Yeah. That is my all mountain bike that I do all my a majority of my riding on. To be honest. But let's, let's talk about your race rig. I mean, what what kind of components are on your bike? Um, so on my M16, we are running full Shimano. We're doing Saint brakes with 203 rotors, uh, front and rear, Saint drivetrain, um, cranks, bottom bracket, uh, shifting derailleur. We got Fox suspension, front and rear. We got the 40 up front and the rear shock. And we got Mavic, D-Max wheels, okay. front and rear, dialed. Very strong wheels. Okay. Hit those things all year long. Still still fine. Really? Yes. Okay. I love them. On what kind of tires are you running? We are running the Kenda Hellcats. Dropped this year. Amazing tire. 
front and rear, or you got the Helldiver in the back? Front and rear. Okay. Uh, the Helldiver I actually used for some of the races, but in the mud and like the East Coast stuff, yeah, can't hang. Right. It's only good in the dry for me. Yeah, because it's such a slow. It's a semi-slick. Yeah, semi-slick. Exactly right. Exactly. So. Nice. Mm-hmm. So it weighs 40 pounds, you said? No. That was just a number I threw out there. <laughs> we're weighing in We're weighing in at 37. Okay. So a little bit lighter, but it's not 40 pounds. Yeah. So, but your, da- your daily bike is your recluse. Yeah. Because, okay. one, I don't have my personal sh- shuttle driver uh, to shuttle me every day. So mm-hmm. I ride from my house up Skyline um, almost every day. I do some Santiago Oaks um, okay. probably on a weekly basis. Nice. Bi-weekly. It's really good training stuff. I like yeah. it. And do the road bike, definitely, mm-hmm. a couple days a week for sure. Okay. Not road bikes. Not, I don't really like the road bike. But, you know, but it's you got to do it. You got to do it. It's you something gotta you got to do, and, you know, you just got to look past it. Yeah. So so kind of going back into racing and traveling. So you've done some over, overseas racing as well? Yes, I have. Okay. Um, overseas, I've only done one race overseas. This year? Mm, no. This was last year and the year before. Okay. Last year, we went to Andorra, Spain for a World Cup. That was my first uh, pro World Cup race. Talk about the experience, bro. That's got to be insane, dude. It was like, un- the pits are nuts. It was unreal. The pits are huge. And it's just every like factory, semi-truck rig. This ain't no you know 10 by 10 easy up over here. It is a full rig. It's giant and... You see all the pros cruising through the pits, high-fiving each other, and you're like, dude, I'm, I don't belong here. But you do because you're a pro racer and you're out there. Yep. And it's pretty hard to wrap your brain around because, like, you watch these people on TV growing up and you're like, dude, they're on pink bike. I'm watching them live. Yeah. And then next year, boom, you're right there with them. Like, it's insane. It's kind of like uh, a couple of these movies where, um, like, the Gladiator, when they're, like, the big arenas, like, mm-hmm. oh, dude, like, spotlight, you know what I mean? Like, it's huge. Yeah. You know? It, it is crazy. What? Uh, how'd you do there? So I did absolutely terrible. Okay. Uh, it was my first pro race. Uh, I was like scared out of my mind. It was just it was pretty crazy. It right. was natural, yeah. You just have the jitters? Yeah. It's definitely something you have to experience because mm-hmm. it is like no other feeling I've ever felt in my life. Um, this, was la- this was last year. Mm-hmm. We should back up first. Let's back it up. One more Rewind. year. One more year. <laughs> I was there, the exact same place, Andorra. And uh, Val Nord, Andorra. It's this little country in between Spain and France. Okay. It's, uh, it's a great country. And anyway, we're there. We were there because I was one of the seven juniors invited for world champs. And coming into the race three weeks uh, before, I broke my wrist <sighs> at Mount St. Anne trying to qualify, which I still qualified. Okay. I broke my wrist and my left index finger. And I went to the doctor, and I was like, "Doctor, I think I think my bro my uh, wrist is broken." He's like, "Yeah, we'll take some X-rays. We'll figure it out. We'll get you going." Comes back with the X-ray. He's like, "Yeah, your wrist is broken, but that's not the problem. We'll throw a cast on it. Perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Your index finger is blown up into pieces." He's like, "You need some surgery within like the next couple days." So I get overnight, or I get flown home and uh, get get to a hand specialist and I get my finger checked out, end up going through surgery and all this is going down with me knowing that I have world champs in two weeks, three Damn. weeks. So um, time comes around, haven't rode my bike in two weeks and I'm on a plane ripping the cast off, just going straight for the race. It's got to be an honor, dude, to, to represent your country, right? Oh, dude. when I, You keep that jersey? Oh yeah, I have dude. two. I have two USA jerseys. You got them up in your wall somewhere, dude. They are definitely oh, dude, on my got, wall. That's gotta be. A, that's gotta be awesome, dude. Just to feel the pride. Yep. Uh, representing your country. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's awesome. It was. It was truly an amazing experience. I have the jersey up on my wall with the uh, at the World Cups. You're required to use a back plate. Okay. Not a back plate, but like your number on your back. You do like little little baby pins on there. Mm-hmm. So I have the the pins still on there that the number plate. And uh, we got a lanyard, and you get, like, your little picture taken, and you get, like, this VIP card that gets you onto the gondolas and stuff like that And for when you're doing track walk, walking through the pits. Really cool. So I have that hanging there, too. That's awesome. Dude. That was an amazing experience. So Damn. I get out there, rip the cast off. We're having a good time. I can barely bend my finger. Like, I have – we bleeded my Shimano brakes to where 
there was like almost no play in the lever and it was almost extended all the way out to where because i could only bend the top knuckle on mm-hmm. my finger because well your finger has two two knuckles and mine broke right at the middle one and i couldn't bend the middle one so my finger was like barely bending on the tip <laughs> and thank god that the that the brakes were that adjustable and that i could position yeah. them like that and i could all practice i couldn't even do a quarter of a run without pulling over because it was so painful jeez and you know all the bones are still broken the so doctor yeah doctor was like you definitely cannot ride you cannot do this like you're gonna what sc- does he know right you're gonna screw this finger it. yeah <laughs> it's working right now we're good so did that and i ended up getting dead last actually i did not i beat connor fearing okay. which was one of the top juniors that year really he came down with a flat and i did not have a flat so there you go i, I beat him so we got a couple questions here uh uh well hey j-rod dude what's up <laughs> <laughs> What's one of your goals for racing next year? Scott Owens. Scott Owens. Thank you for the question. Uh, what are my goals for racing next year? Yes, sir. Well, the goals are to hit off-season real hard, train, and I'm shooting for top five at the national races next year. Okay. Um, closing which is, it. Which is attainable. Which is definitely attainable. It's realistic. It's a realistic goal. Um, closing out this year, I actually missed one podium spot at Mammoth. A week ago, Mammy. I got sixth place, and I was .01 off fifth place, off my first podium. How do they even figure that out, dude? Exactly my point. So, you, you know. You should have kind of just slid, slid a 20 in that guy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I should have. But you know what? <laughs> We're trying to keep it fair. We're trying to keep it real out here. Keep it real. So, yeah. I think next year I could definitely pull a top five, and um, those are my goals for next year. I'm trying to get top five nationally. And realistic goal, top uh, top 60 at a World Cup. Okay. I, goal is to qualify, but like realistic goal, qualify. And a little, little higher up goal is top 60. Yeah. I feel like it's definitely attainable, and I, I can do it with the proper training and preparation. I'm, I'm there. Right. So there's like, what, 100-some guys that are racing, right, downhill, right? Uh-huh. level. Where? For downhill, for like a UCI race. Oh, at a UCI, a World Cup. In, on the East Coast, you're looking at, like, 250, 300 people. Wow. That's insane, dude. Yeah. When you're out in Europe, like, there's – Europe has so many bike riders and so many competitive racing. Like, the British Downhill Series is mm-hmm. huge over there. They have so many talented riders that are trying out for the World Cup circuit, and they only take 80. So – and actually, I think next year the rules might be changing to where I think the top 60 are the only ones that – uh qualify i think they changed that for the juniors or the women right something like that this year they changed changed the rules yeah the juniors used to be top 30 where when i told you i qualified at mount st Anne with my broken wrist and finger yeah crash water broken and i still qualified 29th place so pretty proud of that so now they're changing the rules for yeah now juniors are only top 20 now top 20 yeah and that those are the only top 20 make it which is fine. I mean, you you want to mm-hmm. you want to pick the best of the best, exactly. you know, racers to represent your mm-hmm. country, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, um, so you want to make sure that you got the fastest guys there. Mm-hmm. Which is actually like a controversy, not not huge, but something that's been discussed and I've heard a few times is um, a lot of the USA Cycling, the Pro GRT series, mm-hmm. they don't qualify. They only do seeding. So you do like a seed run to see like they t- it's, it's a timed run. And they take that timed run and use it for Sunday's race to where you go in order from your seating. So it's you're racing behind someone that's your – right? That's your – well, they're slower than you because you qualified faster than them, but it's the same level. You guys are all grouped together, and it's from slowest to fastest so that you're not – like Aaron Gwynn's not lined up behind Jacob. You know, so they're going to do a, they, they do a, shade. they do a seed, shame, shame. they do a seed run so that Jacob, you know, qualifies 10th and then someone that's his same riding level will go behind him and then it'll progressively get faster so that you don't have to deal with passing someone in your, mm-hmm. in your race run when it counts. Right. So uh, Blake wants to see Blake's like, thank you for the, uh, for roots and rain website. Ooh, Blake, you're welcome. It's, <laughs> it's awesome. It's pretty trippy. It really is. And uh, actually, f- photographers can upload their photos. If they have your bib number and they look you up, they can you know, tag you in the photo. And there's also a photo section. Mm-hmm. You can scope some photos. So th- this year, you, you're injury-free. I am. 
that's got to be huge, mentally speaking. Exactly. Because right? I mean, you, you've had injuries in years past. Many, many injuries. So when, when you know, when you're training hard all year and then you get hurt, how do you come back from that mentally? Like, what do you got to do? It, it is very. When you're talking about, you know, the oh, World Cup and stuff or the World Race. Yeah, it's it's really hard. Injuries are unfortunately part of the sport and it's something you got to deal with. And I have definitely learned how to deal with it from three broken wrists, a broken finger, and a torn PCL in my knee. And that was just really hard. That All that happened over a span of a year and a half. And it was really hard to deal with because I was just breaking a bone. And I was like, it's okay. Like, I'm, I really want to race. Like, I really want to do this. Train super hard. Two months later, feeling good, feeling great. Bam, hit the deck, and I'm out again. Mm-hmm. And it was just happening consistently. And it was so frustrating, especially when you're working out and you're doing so much training during the off season for four or five months, and you come in first race, boom, done. Yeah, and it's just it's so frustrating. And you know, if if someone says that you know I got hurt multiple times and I didn't think about quitting, they're lying because like it's so devastating. Like you, I didn't want to do anything. Some of the time, like one of my last broken bones, I didn't do anything. I wasn't on the trainer. I wasn't dedicated. I was like, screw this. Like, I'm broken. I'm watching TV. I'm playing video games because I, there's nothing I can do. I was beat. I was mm-hmm. beat down, and it was terrible. Yeah. So so how can you encourage, like, a young kid that like, looks up to you? Or, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How do you encourage him? How, how do you motivate him to just get past that or, you know, to get back to training? Well, because, you know, you as an athlete, a pro athlete, there's, there's people that look up to you. Oh yeah. So you know you have to you have to you have to set a good example, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know part of that is <clears throat> training, right? After you or yeah. in your injuries. Yeah. Well, what kept me going, I think, was actually my when I was on in, I am on Encycle. The uh, my managers, Jason and Lala, they would tell me that I needed to be out at the races, and I was like, I don't want to go out. I don't want to do anything. I'm going to sit at home. But I would go out there and I would even travel to like bootleg and some of the other races, Sea Otter, even when I was injured. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, that really kept me going because when I had my torn PCL, I had a cane. I was walking around with a cane. It was hard for me to move around, but I made the best of the situation because I was out there and I put a GoPro on the end of my cane (laughs) and I ended up having the cane cam. Nice. We were rolling the cane cam through the pits. I was sending videos to the boys, and everyone was stoked on me. You know, I'm hanging out in the pits. People come by. They want to talk to me. We're hanging out, having a good time. It's not like I was just sitting there doing nothing. You Mm -hmm. know, I've made something since I was stuck out there. Right. I've made the best of it, and it it really did help me. Like, Mm -hmm. just being in the zone and staying out there, like, definitely helped me. So if you're out there and you're broken, like, just cruise out to the local race and put out the vibe, you know, mm-hmm. go out there and have fun because you're out there because you like riding bikes, but also because they're your friends. You know, you have acquaintances, friends, people you meet, yeah. people you already know, and it's just a cool vibe. I like mm-hmm. being at the races. Yeah, that's so, that's kind of what uh, ended my racing career. I used to race Junior X on the same team as Jared, mm-hmm. and uh, one year I had ruptured my spleen, dirt jumping after Sea Otter. I think i've told you that story but uh no break it down man so uh, Dude, this is gnarly we, yeah we were out in after the race it was probably one of my better finishes at sea otter um i think like top 10 or something mm-hmm. like that in the juniors and we had gone dirt jumping and i had uh, came up a little short on one of the jumps and the bar had gone into my stomach damn yeah like it didn't puncture or anything but i was on the ground for a while and uh got up and we were with his mom, and I wanted to just kind of go home, sleep it off, because I just figured it was like a broken rib. Mm-hmm. But good old Roxy, shout yeah. out to mom out there. She knew that there was something wrong. Yeah, and she, she's like, you need to get to the hospital. Yeah. Oh, she's gnarly. Yeah, she took me in. Um, they uh, got an MRI, CAT scan, x-ray, all that stuff. And they didn't see any uh, broken ribs, but they saw a lot of blood. Mm. So... We got there probably like 8 o'clock. By 12 o'clock, I was on the operating table. Sliced Damn. me open. I had two liters of blood in my stomach. Jeez. Yeah. Gnarly. And, and he has a huge scar huge from like scar. his his belt line all the way up like in between his so nips. Like my oh, yeah. Let's, let's see it, man. Let's see it. Yeah. Whip it out. <laughs> <laughs> gnarly. It's gnarly. It's gnarly. 32 staples. Um, 
and I was in the hospital for like a week after that. Jeez. Yeah. Up there? Yeah, mm-hmm. up there. In, in uh, Aptos. Aptos, okay. Yeah, in the intensive care. So got back home, and then like because they had cut straight down my stomach, I didn't have any abdomen muscles. So I was in bed for like another two weeks, and then after that, it just was hard to even like sit up straight. Damn. So I got, I recovered from that. That was at Sea Otter. I was riding again probably by like June. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of that year, I ended up breaking my arm. Jeez. Yeah. On a sketchy jump we built. <laughs> yeah, on a sketchy. A blind like, lip, step down. 30, like, 35 feet and I think like 15, 20 feet down and then a 35-foot gap. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Me nuts, man. Four 15-year-olds up there in the freaking <laughs> bushes. Oh, dude, who's going to hit it first? Packing up a lip. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was just. No, g- we, have, we have a buddy that we would send off the, yeah. the dumb stuff. <laughs> He's kind of like the dummy. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, well, there was the, me, me, Steve, and Jacob, we would build all the gnarliest stuff. And when we were done, we'd call Kyle. Say, Kyle, we have a jump for it. <laughs> he was balls to the walls, dude. Would send anything. He we just had to call him and tell him, you won't do it. He's freaking doing it, dude. <laughs> he had my old five-inch trail bike that we had put a Manitou Dorado on. And uh, he would just send it. Anything. So we hit him up. He hit it, and we were looking at each other like, well, now we got to hit it. <laughs> and the next day, me and Jacob coming down on a shuttle run, courtesy of Wendy Villegas out there. And uh, me and Jacob both went down. I went down. He went down. Jacob caught the worst end of it, broke his arm. I was out there, just busted up, just scratched up. So it was like seven months out of that year I'd I'd been down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then after that, I just... I didn't have the speed anymore, and I kind of got over racing. You got mm-hmm. because of that? Yeah. yeah. Injuries I mean, took him out. I mean, still to this day, dirt jumping kind of kind of sits in the back of yeah. your head whenever you go into a line. Mm-hmm. You kind of think about it. I, th- I think that, that, you know, you can you can probably relate to that, huh? Oh, yeah. Huh, Jared? Yeah, a lot of stuff sits in your subconscious without mm-hmm. you knowing. It's there. Like, yeah. if you think that, uh, you know, I broke one of my arm at, on, like, a slippery rock mm-hmm. that Mount St. Anne took me out with my wrist and finger. I slid out at the top of this rock roller and fell all the way to the bottom. And to this day, I don't. When it gets wet out there and there's wet rocks, mm, I don't like turning very much. Mm. I'll, I'm fa- I'm fine going straight, but the minute you got to turn on a wet rock, not about it. Mm. It, it definitely sits there, and it lingers yeah, for yeah, a long you got time. To overcome it, right? Yeah, and you got to overcome it. And the best way is to just do it again. Right. Yeah. Hit this either the same trail if you can, the same set of jumps, or you know the same same kind of thing mm-hmm. you know dirt jumps or right. wet rocks or whatever you just got to get over it and it's really gnarly like mentally to do that yeah. right it took me like two or three years i think it was one of the next times we were out at sea otter and there was mm-hmm. like the speed and style course and there's that oh, one, yeah. that one wood dirt jump mm-hmm. there's a little like a uh, pump track that you know it's always at sea otter you know the little pump track yeah year after there's just this little wood kicker mm-hmm. no gap no nothing and Jacob was out there sending it all day, just trying to get used to dirt jumping, yeah, getting took, two feet off the ground again. Yeah. Two years to get over that. It was like, crazy. Mental trip. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys don't know what sea otter is, it's it's a it's like a it's, it's a more big, of a it's more of a festival. Festival. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think nowadays the, a lot of the manufacturers are using that as to, to launch their products. Mm-hmm. But you know, you have you know, it's that's in Laguna Seca and, and right there in, in Monterey. Yep. So it's like around the we're in the center. You know, the big. You know, manufacturers, there's crit racing, there's road racing, there's mm-hmm. downhill, there's enduro, there's cross country. And there's I mean, dual slalom. Unicycle racing. One oh, yeah. There's <laughs> trial <laughs> stuff going on. There's yeah. all the, it's, it's a huge festival, and I think of it more of a festival than a race. We're going up there to put out the vibe. Yeah. You know, you get a tent in there, there's Meet hundreds people. and thousands of people just out there roaming the pits day yeah. in and day out. It's a f- four-day event. Yeah. And there's... But, you There's know, a, you, you get a uh, you get world class racers like oh yeah yeah I got to meet Jerome Clements one year and, mm-hmm. you know Nina Schurter's out there you know you guys are out there Aaron Gwynn yeah you know all the big manufacturers are out there SRAM Shimano yeah you know Santa Cruz mm-hmm. yeah. Specialized you know they're they're there I mean it, it's I think it's bigger than than Interbike oh I yeah. Think. You for know, the pu- which as far as on, which is for the public now. as far as sure. the public goes yeah, yeah. Inter- yeah. interbike you got to kind of be invited or you have to have a pass to get in where this you pay 60 bucks and you have a three-day three-day yeah, bracelet weekend, little exactly and you can get in your mom your brother your son whatever mm-hmm. they're all in there throwing out the vibe that's right 
and there's tons of free stuff, which gets a lot of the kids <laughs> stoked. You know, stickers, bracelets, helmets, prizes, stickers. gives giveaways. We yep. used to have a competition where we'd go around me and our kind of group of friends and see uh-huh. who could grab the most stickers. Oh yes, and uh, cover their helmet the best. Not yes, the maximum stickers. horsepower. Right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. dude, so much like, horsepower. What, Ten horsepower. Oh, yeah. Dude, <laughs> we had the system down. We would have backpacks and we would like roll funnel uh, Poster. posters up into funnels, so you could just grab the sticker. <laughs> down the poster <laughs> right into the backpack it was awesome we yeah, had the system down they tried talking to us but we uh yeah went really listen we just roll up grab, grab the, the stuff off stuff, the table the <laughs> gone it was awesome oh man let's talk about sponsors because i know you have the odi shirt on here yes i do what's the i mean for you as a professional racer i mean how is it how is it important to have sponsors not important i mean what do you think um i think it's definitely important to have sponsors um one they help out a ton Mm-hmm. From traveling fees and getting your bike rolling, um, you're not out there. You know, at a race, you break a handlebar. You're not over there at the local bike shop. Hey, do you guys have any bars? You know, I'll take anything. Yeah. I just need a race tomorrow morning at six forty. Yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> anything, anything, dude. Yeah, I just need some. Some yeah, bars. no. <laughs> to have product, you know, accessible to you and product that's already on your bike. To have two bikes, three mm-hmm. bikes. It's it's definitely amazing and a huge deal to me for, and it's really important as far as any pro racer or any racer that's trying to get to that next level mm-hmm. sponsors help a lot and it definitely is a huge part of becoming a faster racer is having yeah. having the equipment ready for you and Styled. the proper equipment to yeah. get you up to speed you, th- you think people take that for granted or take advantage of that like oh i got sponsors i can do it you know what i mean yeah like, stuff like that yeah the yeah people do i think you can it's really easy to overlook mm-hmm. like how much you get because especially i was on InCycle. i am on InCycle. i don't know why i keep <laughs> saying that <laughs> but uh being on InCycle, they have i think i think um, lala's gonna call you here a little dude, bit <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna get a phone call there's gonna you're gonna get a patient's like uh step outside please you're gonna get a you're gonna question jared why do you keep saying that yeah exactly no um the they have a ama- this team has amazing support as far as you know top to bottom mm-hmm. we have all gear covered goggles gloves helmets bikes multiple plural mm-hmm. because i'm on three right now damn and um anything that happens out at the races they're there jason's ready to help me he's a he works on the bikes while you know i come down and i'm just trying to get a you know some water mm-hmm. he's over here running through the bike making sure it's a dial did i hit my derailleur is, it, is the hanger bent you know is everything dialed he's asking me what can i do for you like it's it's amazing support and it definitely takes that side of things like out of your mental game like when you're coming into a race you're not worried about oh i hope my bike stays together or i hope I, i'm trying i'm trying to dodge that rock because i don't have another derailleur hanger exactly. or something yeah you know yeah. you can f your bike up and come down <laughs> and just say yo jay i need a new bike yeah, and then fix, it. <laughs> fix <laughs> it fix it dog i gotta race tomorrow <laughs> so no it's uh it's definitely it's definitely a huge thing to have sponsors mm-hmm. and it helps racing confidence the whole nine yards. Yeah, sponsors are very important to me. You you were part of uh, the development program with Kenda, right? When you guys when they were developing those new tires, were you part of their prototype program? Yeah, Kenda with the Hell Diver and the Hellcat. We were testing. We were doing some testing in the off season, um, and yeah, we were, we were part of that. Roger's a pretty cool dude. Roger is the man, dude. Yeah. So what what sponsors do you guys have this year? Um, so we have uh, Fabric for seats. We have Intense for bikes. We have InCycle is the bike shop. To mm-hmm. get us going on, we they supply the uh, road bikes. Mm-hmm. Super huge shout out to Mark and Dom out there. Those you guys are awesome. Those are the owners. Of yeah, the Mark and Dom. They're they're the owners inside. How many locations they got? Uh, they have four. They okay. have one in Pasadena, mm-hmm. running one in Ranch Cucamonga, one in Chino, and one in San Dimas. Nice. Yeah, huge bike shop, and they're awesome. Awesome people working at each location. I was the uh, driver. Okay. I would drive from oh, each. So you, you used to work there. Oh yeah, I used to work there, and it was a runner. It was sick, dude. <laughs> I would drive a van. I would be chilling in an air conditioned van all through all summer. You know, I put thirty thousand miles on that van while I was working there the two years. Dang. And uh, I would drive from store to store, exchanging inventory um, for the stores because okay. it was a collective inventory. You know, each shop had a you know specialized camber. Right. But one had a small, one had a large, one had a medium. And if a customer came in here and said, oh, I like this bike, but I want it in a small, Jared's on it. 
Nice. Jared's coming. He's panned getting it. panned. Yeah, I would do it every morning. I'd get the bikes and put them where they at. You know, bikes, handlebars, any inventory, anything. Nice. You name it, I was transferring it. So, how many sets of tires did you go through in that van, dude? Um, actually, Doing burnouts and mobbing it through through <laughs> the two ten, fifty-seven, the sixty, and the ten. Uh, actually, <laughs> Well, I was driving. I only went through one. I only uh, went through one set. Okay. So. All right. Um, only had to deal with one flat too. So, okay. got it plugged. We're good. So, <laughs> but um. Yeah, no. The uh, working at InCycle was awesome, and they're they are uh, they so yeah. InCycle sponsor. They supplied the road bikes. That was awesome. Um, we are running ODI grips and handlebars and stem. We're running the full Shimano. We're running Kenda, Mavic, Fox. As far as gear goes, we're running Smith Optics, um, Bell helmets, Fox apparel, and protective gear. Okay. And uh, I was actually really impressed with the uh, when we got on Fox this year. I was really impressed with the um, really impressed with the knee pads. Okay. They have a hard shell outside, and the hard shell actually unvelcros as for when you wash them. And I thought it was a really cool feature because when I crash on my hard shell pads, you um, you know you scratch them up and they snag your jersey in the wash. So you can unplug, you can pull it off. Wash them, get stench out, real good. Get that saltiness out of it. Oh yes. <laughs> so. so we got listeners from uh, Nampa, Idaho. Paul and Patty. Paul and Patty, how's it Paul going? Paul and Patty, what's going on? That's Idaho. Two peas in a pod. <laughs> Paul and Patty, peas what's, in a pod. What's going on in Idaho? Is it uh, snowing out there? With, what? Are, potatoes? What's? I don't know. Anyways, Paul and Patty, what's up? <laughs> They're listening. <laughs> Uh, oh, I thought they were on the line. Oh, I thought no, we were no, talking no. to them. No, I thought we were having well, they're listening. They just wanted to say hi. They wanted to say hi, man. There's oh, supposed to be some good riding up in Idaho. Yeah. I yeah. heard that was like a hidden gem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You guys have plans to go out there or what? Definitely not. You guys have plans to go to Europe, right? What's going on there? We do. We actually have plan plans set in stone. We're going to Italy in two weeks. One yes, week. Dude. October 10th. Whatever that is. Okay. How many um, days are we gone for? We are going to be gone till October 28th. So okay. 18 days. Roughly, however many weeks that is. Okay. You know, divided by seven, you get the answer. <laughs> Figure it out. Two and a half weeks. Two and there you go. <laughs> Thanks, Jessica. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. We're going out there. Got some plan, big plans. Do big things. You know, we're not out there to look at buildings. We're out there to do some cliff jumps, rent a boat. You Eat know, some exotic foods. Like, uh, definitely like not spaghetti and uh, <laughs> pizza. <laughs> Jacob's all about the exotic foods. I'm more of a chicken parmesan kind of guy. I'm gonna be out there eating pasta for two and a half weeks. Oh man, you're gonna be when you come back, dude. Forget about it, dude. I'm gonna love it. It's gonna be awesome. Nice. So, uh, what's your what's your five year five year plan, dude? You got you got you have to have some kind of a plan. Five year plan. Well, you, you want to you know step up and you know factory race team for next yeah, year or five, not next year, but you know in the future. Five year plan is definitely to be on a factory race team. Okay. Um, I think it's attainable. Five years, a lot can happen. Aaron Gwynn blew up in two years. He was. Mm-hmm. Top top dog on the circuit, you know, going from uh, middle of the mall racer to being number one. Mm-hmm. Two years, it's all it takes. One year is all it takes. Right. So breakout year. Yeah. So I think five years is definitely safe to say to you know say I could be on a factory team in five years. I okay. think that is one of my goals. And stick with intense or. Um, comes your way? I really, 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 really like my Intense bike. I've been riding it for, I've been with Intense for three years. That's awesome. Dude. And started out on the 951. <laughs> nine, <laughs> 951. Uh, you just hit puberty. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, started on the 951, and that was a sick bike. And we went into the uh, aluminum M16 and the prototypes, and we went through those, and Super rad bike, and when the carbon came out, it was just a rocket ship. It just was unreal to ride, and going through different suspension and adjustments and geometry, bar height, stanchion, whatever, all the whole nine yards, I finally got it to where I throw. I could not ride for two months, throw a leg over, and I know exactly what it's going to feel like, and I'm just on fire. Yeah. Speaking Any, of that. What's up, Jake? Do you think that, like, racing, it's more important to change the setup for, like, if you're going to Vermont, switching up the rebound, do you like change your settings on your compression and things like that as you go to like be faster? Do you think it's better to kind of practice on something before, before during off season, and then stick with that through the through the racing? Well, it's definitely. 
I think for me it's up to it's up to the writer. You know, mm-hmm. it's definitely part of the writing style. I know that Ratboy doesn't matter what his bike was, where it was at, what race, he was throwing a leg over and getting rowdy. Can you even understand what he's saying? No, <laughs> not at all. But uh, he would just throw a leg over and just get rowdy. Yeah. Any any course, any anywhere, just doesn't care about the settings, where Greg Minar is chain, every run changing different settings, yeah. rebound, compression, low speed, high speed, bar height, you know, Changing the different, you know, the head angle of your bike, you know, with the uh, offset headset mm-hmm. and just changing things up left and right where, you know, I guess it's just up to the rider. So you're more like I'm I'm more I'm, I would say I'm in the middle. OK. Um, at Vermont this year, Vermont was actually a really flat course. And Jason, my team manager, is a lot bigger than me. Shout out to Jason. He's Shout out to dude. Jason. I, I raced with him over the hump too. Yeah, he's in the Clydesdale class. He's running. He's running big. Uh, big sexy class. Yeah, big sexy <laughs> class. Um, I actually stole the settings off his bike and put twenty more pounds of air in my fork and actually used the coil off of his bike and put it on my bike because the course was so flat and pumpy. Okay. Um, stiffened it up a little bit. Yeah, I stiffened it up, and that was the only like dramatic change throughout the year as far as bike setup goes. Where the rest of the year, I'm just kind of hold it wide open, do a few clicks here and there, mm-hmm. but nothing too crazy. Okay. I'm not doing setting adjustments the morning of race day. Yeah, yeah. You, you want to just first, practice yeah. dialed and that's it. First couple runs, might do a couple clicks, but other than that, I'm going to get comfortable on what I'm riding and stick to it the, the whole weekend mm-hmm. because, you know, that's what I'm comfortable with. What What are your thoughts on 29er downhill bikes, man? 29ers are so gay. Not <laughs> <laughs> Beep. Uh, so 29ers are that out. it's okay um sorry 29ers i raced a 20 uh car, intense carbine 29er two years last year okay. at sea otter and it definitely is faster because i was borrowing an intense taser 26 and i practiced with that i was like do this thing small i could flick it around things gonna be dialed and mm-hmm. I was practicing on it, and people around me on 27.5 were just pulling me. They were pulling me, and I'm like, what the heck, dude? I'm not even on my brakes. My brakes aren't rubbing. I've gone through this whole bike. Things dialed. Why Why am I going slower? Yeah. Hopped on the 29er. I was pulling them. Really? Yes. And Sea Otter, for those of you guys that don't know, the downhill course is like a four-cross track. It's smooth jumps and berms the whole way down. No rocks, no nothing. It's uh, there's a lot of brake bumps. Uh, they kind of resemble like a washboard. Okay. And so it's a little rough, but you don't need a downhill bike. You just need a short travel bike and obviously big wheels to go fast. Mm-hmm. Downhill twenty nine er bikes. I've never ridden one, so I can't say how they handle. But I think I think they're going to be big. So will we see you next year on a twenty nine er bike? You know that depends on what happens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a 50-50. It's a 50-50. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance. Yes. I don't know. Have you, have you had a chance to ride it, to ride one of those? No, okay. I have not. I've, I've only seen one 29er downhill bike in person, and that was the...